Welcome to the Unrestricted Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Han, and our mission is to spend 15 minutes each week discussing your eating disorder recovery-related questions. Thank you so much for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Unrestricted Podcast. Today, Han and I are going to be discussing the question, how do I cope with fullness in recovery? Now, there is no doubt at all that fullness is a symptom, a very real symptom that has to be sat through and navigated in recovery. It is very much part of the healing process and it is not always comfortable. You know, I think it's important that we don't try and just dart around this, but actually just make some space for the fact that, yep, feeling really, really full is not particularly comfortable, but to reframe it away from what the eating disorder labels it as as something bad but actually into something that is good something that is a sign that you're doing the work of recovery a sign that you are giving your body the food that it needs to be able to heal and I think one thing I want to start with today on this topic is to make some space to call out the EDBS around the dramatization and the demonization of fullness And what I mean by this is if you think about any time where you were cold, hungry, distracted, couldn't think about things because you were thinking about food, didn't feel present in any moment, any number of physical or mental symptoms that you have experienced due to restriction and reflect on the fact that the eating disorder never says anything about any of those. It never pipes up, it never, you know, mentions its concern, it never says anything. And yet the moment you get a symptom that is directly linked to you taking recovery action, the eating disorder just jumps straight in and goes hell for leather. Tells you all of the things, makes all of the suggestions for how awful this is and uncomfortable this is and how it's got to, you can't feel like this again and just this is just awful etc etc and I think something that helped me a lot in recovery was to call out that EDBS and to really shine a light on it and see that this was just another example of the eating disorder wanting to support behaviors that aligned with its intentions and its goals and to demonize and to create resistance around the behaviors that align with recovery because that's not what your eating disorder wants to happen. Yeah absolutely I think Um, I have experienced myself of really succumbing to those negatives and really hyper fixating on uh, supposedly all of the negative outcomes that were uh, coming up as a result of me engaging more closely with my recovery. And I think the eating disorder has that um, real ploy, that real trick that it uses of, see, this is why you shouldn't have engaged. This This is what's going to happen. I think what we have to really bring in here as well as exactly um, what you said of drawing the correlation to the negatives that are very, very present, but remain kind of unspoken uh, when you're actively restricting, but also this idea of like the temporary nature of recovery Mm. symptoms versus the permanent nature of eating disorder uh, symptoms if the eating disorder is never got rid of. And so what we have to really try to focus on is in this moment the fullness is something which has to be engaged with it has to be um, felt it has to be experienced 
and there is no two ways about it but long term if you do that thing if you delve into that area where you are leaving no doubt that you are mentally and physically satiated you escape this and that's the difference there is this idea of one way forward and one way out or a continuation of these sensations and a continuation of the physical discomfort and mental discomfort that comes from a place of being just perpetually in recovery or of course not in recovery at all so it's this this attention that we need to bring to the impermanence of this really really difficult physical sensation it is going to pass and I know I know um, many many people have a mantra around this area and it's so important to be advocating for that to be reminded to you by your support system or written down yourself to just ground yourself that it isn't going to last forever so long as you delve deeply into this yeah absolutely that mantra of this too shall pass got me through a lot of physical discomfort as did my hot lavender microwave (laughs) elephant and my xbox and lots of rest to be honest um i think it's important with the navigation of fullness in recovery to recognize that the things you can use and do to help yourself are not going to eradicate the symptom in the immediate term. They're not going to wave a magic wand. A little bit like we were talking about sitting in the storm emotionally. It's very similar here with this physical symptom. The things that may help you to tolerate the discomfort are not going to wave a magic wand and get rid but it's remembering that reframe I just spoke about that actually this fullness is a sign that your body is doing and your body is getting what it needs to get in order to be able to heal and that actually that rest is something that needs to be happening to allow your body to do that healing and to put the energy it's being given to the best of uses and to just know that the you who is prioritizing sitting, resting, honouring your hunger, doing this work is a you who is allowing your body to heal and that yes, the fullness is uncomfortable, but it's really important that you focus on the fact that it's a necessary thing and that it's not going to last forever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think there is that real difference with the kind of physical engagement in this sensation versus the mental engagement. And this um, mantra, which often comes up uh, in the mental health uh, sphere generally, is where your attention goes, your energy flows. And I think that's so pertinent to this situation, because becoming quite hyper fixated on how your tummy feels or the sensations of fullness is one of those things that I think is a really um, slippery slope to then correlating it to correlating your fullness to meaning something that it really doesn't. So maybe it's the physical sensations that you're feeling, or maybe it's kind of the visual evidence of fullness. The correlations might have something to do with feeling you've, I don't know, done something wrong, or maybe your eating disorder is giving the fullness a meaning of greed or too much or kind of uh, an exponential uh, appetite or perhaps it is correlating fullness directly to weight gain whatever it is correlating and giving meaning to when we are in this situation where our um, attention is just feeding that um, that kind of thought spiral and you aren't doing anything to kind of block that rumination it can just lead to more and more meaning and certainty and verification being developed so I think really taking that step back and not allowing the rumination 
of course, easier said than done, but don't allow those feelings of regret, remorse, kind of questioning why you did what you did and the um, anti-recovery monologue sweep in. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree here. And I think that 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 concept of where we think uh, our attention goes and where our attention goes, energy flows. But we have to remember this is super relevant in all sorts of areas of recovery. And something I think that reframe I was talking about earlier, an element that helped with this as well was to remember from a biological perspective, restriction has a negative impact on the GI system. An under-resourced GI system is something that is commonly associated with energy restriction. It's one of the common side effects of restrictive eating disorders. And that very much means that when you go into recovery, that under-resourced GI system, it needs lots of food to be able to heal. But there is going to be a tendency for GI discomfort associated with your body getting the food that it needs to be able to heal, but struggling to be able to process that immediately because of the damage that has been done by restriction. And I think for me in recovery, being able to send my attention towards the reality that actually my body did need this food that it was getting and did need to be honoring my hunger my hunger was valid I could trust my body sending my attention towards the fact that actually part of this fullness is the fact that my body is starved was starved and wasn't able to process the food that it needed I think that that enabled me to really channel compassion towards my body and also it helped to retaliate mentally against the eating disorders kind of slew of bs and um yeah i think that was something that was really really important yeah for sure i think really uh, bringing in the um kind of logic here of what is truly the cause uh, of of the discomfort rather than the blame on kind of uh, the amount that you've eaten or any of those things that you think that you've done to yourself and really reframing it as you've done this for yourself and it's a really really productive thing to have um, gone to I think just one thing to bring in which I uh, which just popped to mind actually is this idea of um, not engaging in the feeling of fullness and being able to distract yourself um, being very, very different of the approach, which often happens in quasi-recovery, when you avoid the feeling of fullness. Mm-hmm. And there can be so many reasons for that. But one of the most uh, frequent ones that comes up is a little bit of a strange one to describe, um, but maybe some of you will resonate. This idea of um, stopping short of feeling full. So there is this kind of reassuring window of permission or ability to eat more if mm. someone did per se offer you something later on and and you just wanted to be able to accept that and there's so many areas in recovery where when we truly engage we have to stop doing the potentials we have to stop living in the hypotheticals and we have to act in the now and that means going into an area of fullness it means sitting with the fullness and then it means riding out those emotions the waves of emotions without any disordered um, kind of forcing out and I think the anxiety associated with either the feeling of fullness or potentially the thing that you've just consumed whatever led to that fullness is something that often many uh, people find themselves um, not also uh, bringing into 
the equation when it comes to what is actually contributing to the feeling in their stomach. So to be honest, when I when I describe um, how I how I felt in recovery, a lot of the time it was like my tummy was was full of gobbled up bricks or something along those lines. And to be honest, that artificial fullness coming from anxiety was something that I consistently failed to recognize was coming from a psychosomatic um, place rather than this idea of um, kind of, I don't know, the, the food being to blame, if, if you see what I mean. So I think it's a really important area to check yourself. Is this anxiety? Is this um, kind of the area of um, the food and the um, activities that you've been doing? What is it that's the blame here? And it's never, ever going to be the pro-recovery moves that you've made that are leading to this feeling. It's either going to be something disordered still happening or a, a positive symptom of recovery. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, that sort of fear of fullness that you touched on there, I think Anne and I have kind of discussed before we started this podcast, we're going to do another whole episode on that because it in itself is a huge topic and one I think isn't really discussed at all. But I think in short, fear of fullness, like we talk about fear of weight gain and fear of unrestricted eating is a component of the eating disorder mindset response and that sort of starvation brain. And it does make sense at the end of the day, fullness is a threat when you look at through that migration, that biological lens, you know, if food was scarce, then feeling and eating to a point where you were really full and really physically full one that would indicate maybe you're not using your resources in their scarce way that they would need to be used. And if, if things were truly scarce, but also very importantly, it's a, it's a, it's a threatening place to be because when you are in that starvation mode, there is a reassurance of knowing that actually you are ready and able to eat for the next window in which food is allotted and allowed. I don't know if this is making much sense why I'm explaining this here, but I think that it's often not discussed how viscerally traumatic it can feel to really have to push through that fear and to go to that place where you are physically feeling really full because often with it comes these thoughts of well what about next what about later am I going to be able to have xyz later and all of this is coming from that starvation response and the fear of the body not being able to get the food that it desperately needs and I think we have to kind of recognize that biological response of the body um, as we're going through and know that actually the thing you have to do is to action that abundance to show your body that the migration is over that it's okay that it can be full now and it can have all of those things later and I think with this actually there is often a need to be mechanical with it to notice those thoughts coming up and to say I am going to have that takeaway pizza and that thing of ice cream later that is going to happen don't worry body um, where you were just talking there as well on the practical front and the anxiety and the psychosomatic nature of fullness. I remember this so much. It would almost eerie how I could be really looking forward to something or have a real, you know, be like, yes, I'm going to go and do this, have some kind of challenge that was set or just know that I'm like going into something and thinking, yes. And then I could suddenly get this real sense of fullness. Um, and it could be something that was there on the whole way up to it, or it could be something that, you know, I walk through the doors of that restaurant and suddenly I've got this like 
intense feeling of fullness and I think I really had to recognize in recovery that that was this that that was the that was the fear that was that some psychosomatic um, impact and that relationship that is there between our brain and our gut and the role that anxiety can play in creating sensations of fullness and uh, I really had to learn to be again mechanical through this and to force myself to to push through and to eat and very often well, that would be one of two things. I'd either just feel more uncomfortably full and know that, yeah, this is just one of those one of those times in recovery where the uh, the the benefits are not here; they are in the future, um, and it's actually just really quite uncomfortable now. But also, what would often happen is I would start to eat, and then the that feeling of fullness would dissipate and actually then I would feel more connected with my hunger so I think that that is something that's really important to recognize the role that anxiety and fear can play in creating symptoms of fullness and knowing that you have to push through those and that can sometimes be something that's very much led by your core self in terms of wanting to but it also sometimes has to be forced and mechanical yeah for sure I think uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, speaking further about the idea of fear of fullness, because I do think it's an area which is um, not particularly spoken about and one that I definitely uh, experienced a a huge reluctance to um, kind of touch or probe in the same or in a similar way to kind of the areas of weight gain or or fear foods um, in in that same kind of um, realm, I would say. If I had to put this uh, question in in a very succinct way and answer it, I would say the most important things that spring to mind are change your mental state in regards to change your perspective of the meaning that you're giving fullness. Mm. The second thing, definitely sit with it. And I mean that in a physical sense, but also ride out the emotions mentally, distract and do not place your attention in that kind of spiral where it can so easily um go into that really critical um, judgment of your behaviors and then try your best to take on the practical uh, investigations of what might work for you. And I say investigations because just to echo what Emily said a few moments ago, it's, it's a mitigation strategy here. It's unlikely to fix all. The reality is it's not going to feel great. And what you have to be doing is remaining in a pro uh, kind of active way where you are not succumbing to how terrible this situation is but thinking but what but what could I try out here and for me that was fennel tea and I say that um, unfortunately having to advocate for it because the taste of it I do not believe anyone can be buying for pleasure uh, I'm yet to stumble across a fennel tea that I haven't taken a sip of and found yeah one degree of pleasure within but for me that was after a lot of exploration the one thing that helped and whether it's a tea whether it's a combination of tea and a warm elephant or or the like <laughs> anything anything that you can investigate it is still suggesting to your brain i am doing something which is at least seeking uh, relief from this rather than just kind of curling up in a ball and just almost um yeah going into that that spiral of um a lack of power and a lack of uh, kind of uh, control over the situation which the eating sort of obviously really thrives off so um, I hope that this episode has provided you with some clarity over the necessity to just sit in the fullness that that's our main aim here
yeah definitely and I, I can sense that you wrapping it up Han but I have to say I've got I've got something I really want to say and I'm, I'm going to say it <laughs> um, and that is the, <laughs> to add to that from that biological perspective I encourage you as well to get really honest and curious about the practical things that you can do and also not do to help yourself with this now from the doing point of view prioritizing energy dense food pairing energy dense food with things that are you know particularly if you are somebody who suffers from a gi perspective pairing a more um you know peanut butter or something with something that's more uh, easily digestible for your system can help with those feelings of real fullness um generally energy dense foods are really really helpful just are as are high energy liquids as well um something that we also have to recognize here is the not doing though because yes you can be eating another one is eating regularly you know really making sure that that frequent eating is happening of the energy dense foods but i we can't do this episode without addressing the fact that you've got to get curious about those things that you might be engaging in that are hunger blunting or hunger suppressing um, that will be having a very negative impact on your GI system and creating um, or exacerbating symptoms of fullness that are not conducive to recovery. And so just a couple to touch on here would be um, consumption of diet, fizzy drinks, um, gum chewing, and then generally just eating or filling up on low energy dense foods. I think it's really important when addressing fullness that you get really honest about the practical behaviours that from a biological perspective are just not going to help. You know, I think it's that self-honesty to go you can't be sitting and complaining about feeling so full and how uncomfortable it is when you look and you think yes but I'm drinking loads and loads of Pepsi Max and I've eaten loads of salad you know it's you can you can of course you're entitled to sit and complain about whatever you want but it's that brutal self-honesty and recovery of going ah yes okay well I am also engaging in that behavior that is going to directly create the symptom that I am struggling with and that actually you know recovery yes does involve fullness there's no doubt about it you can be smashing all of those things eating regularly energy dense foods or the liquid all be smashing it and you can still be sat feeling really really uncomfortably full but you also have to get honest and look and go okay is there anything that i can be doing to help my body and that is both the things you do do and the things that you can stop doing as well so yeah that's that's what I really wanted to add no and I'm, I'm so glad that you did as always your um <laughs> thought I just want to add are, are always um very very insightful I think activity and passivity are both things that need to be considered here and as always we want to kind of promote this idea that you know your eating sort of better than anyone and mm. It requires a lot of honesty to be able to admit to yourself and then remove the ease of slipping into those behaviours. But it is so essential to have that reflective time of what am I actually doing to help myself here? Am I being proactive, but also am I being passive in many of the ways which maybe habitually you might feel uh, you you slip down but ultimately are just harming and exacerbating how this is already feeling so um are we are we all done we are done (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad that we've covered uh, all of the points that we wanted to speak through today and we look forward to speaking on the other topic around this idea of uh, fear of fullness which we've touched on today but i think is a a whole other area to to go into
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much to every single one of you who is listening. And I look forward to speaking. Well, we look forward, should I say, to speaking to you next time. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you.